Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Good morning and welcome to the Vince Coakley Radio Program. Actually, I started the wrong way, I should say... Happy Friday. (laughs) I hope you are excited about the weekend ahead. It'll be an opportunity to unplug, relax for a couple of days. A lot to discuss during the course of the broadcast today. We'll deal with what's going on on the economic front. What's happening in your household? Remember, some days ago I was telling you about how mortgages have changed just in the past what three four years how it's gone from under uh, i need to look that up again because i saw that figure it was under a thousand dollars to now it's well over thousand dollars maybe even closer to two all because of interest rates and a lot of this driven by the fiscal policy that is happening out of washington dc So, we will talk about what is going on economically and the possibility that we'll get more of what we don't need, higher interest rates. You know, this is looking more and more like 1976 to 1980. Remember that? Those of you who were around during that time, the Carter era, maybe before Jimmy Carter passes away, he can go to eternity assured that someone actually did worse than he did. It's a possibility. (laughs) Coming up, we'll also talk about more of the fallout and what's happening on Capitol Hill. As you know, Kevin McCarthy's gone and the atmosphere is chaotic. We told you about the knives being out now for Matt Gates. Now we have... Musical chairs happening with offices on Capitol Hill. On some level, some of this stuff just seems rather silly, but nonetheless, we will delve into it. We also told you about a reversal for the Biden administration on the border wall. Well, as much as we were being gracious to him yesterday... Uh, This is not something the Biden administration is doing joyfully. You will hear what Joe Biden has to say about what has happened with plans to move ahead with building a border wall. Ron DeSantis decides to step it up in his campaign to become president with a stronger message against former President Donald Trump. And we also have Faith Focus Friday. Let's begin with some drudge headlines on economic news. September jobs report is actually encouraging. The economy adding 336,000 jobs, much more than expected. The downside of this, what we were discussing earlier, it bolsters the case for another hike from the Fed. One analyst saying he's less confident of a soft landing. Well, how shocking. (laughs) Let's begin talking about what is happening with jobs. Stocks took a dive this morning as Treasury yields jumped following the release of stronger than expected U.S. jobs data. The Dow slid 165 points, 0.5%. The S&P losing seven-tenths of a point. The U.S. economy added 336,000 jobs in September. The Labor Department said the Dow expected around 170,000 jobs. To be sure, wages rose less than expected last month. Friday's jobs report raised concern among investors. This is where we get into the ugly part. That the Federal Reserve will need to keep rates higher for longer in order to tame inflation. What they have done thus far has not been enough. 
One analyst saying the 336,000 number is monstrous and means the Fed could easily go another 25 base points and hold at an elevated level for an extended period. Rates will face continued upside risks, and so long as that happens, stocks don't stand a chance. Boy, isn't that comforting. So this very much suggests that the Fed is likely going to raise interest rates yet again. Reuters reporting the story in a similar fashion. U.S. job growth surging in September, suggesting the labor market remains strong enough for the Fed to raise interest rates this year, though wage growth is moderating. We already mentioned that 336,000 figure. And again, the concern is this sets the stage for the Fed to take more action to try to get the economy under control. I've pretty much communicated quite clearly where I stand on all of this. It's a good opportunity to remind you again. I would encourage you, if you've not read the book yet, read the book, The Creature from Jekyll Island. It tells you everything you need to know about what's going on with our economy. Because sadly, we don't have a genuine free enterprise system. What we have is a a system that is managed by private banks. In case you do not know, the Federal Reserve is not a government agency. This is basically a cartel of banks. I learned a lot by reading Creature from Jekyll Island. And the crazy thing is, it's not just about America. When you find out how the United States of America has its tentacles in the affairs of other countries, it is deeply, deeply disturbing. The things that we're involved in, where frankly we have no business. Um, The Federal Reserve has been the mechanism used to carry out all kinds of mischief. And that is very, very unfortunate. So, thought I would put in a plug for that particular book. It's an old book. It's been around for quite some time. But it's certainly vital that people have an understanding about this. Uh, for, by the way, this is a subject that has animated and motivated people like Ron Paul, who would like to audit the Fed and ultimately in the Fed. If we could somehow get to the point where we reverse the Federal Reserve Act, that would be an awesome move. The sad thing is, this is not one of our priorities. We're not paying attention to this essential matter. I cannot remember who made the comment, but there was one corporate person who made the comment, I do not care who's in office. What really matters is who controls the currency. So you know the answer to that question now. As we continue our Friday broadcast, still to come, we're going to talk about what's going on on Capitol Hill. A couple of stories. we got musical chairs going on with offices. We will talk about what's happening there. Also, we have an endorsement for Speaker of the House, and this one comes from former President Donald Trump. You also hear from Joe Biden. You know, remember the expression I told you my mom used to communicate years ago about a cow putting out a bucket of milk and then kicking it over? Well, Joe Biden's about to kick over a bucket of milk. You're going to hear what he has to say about the border wall and much more as we continue on our Friday broadcast, the Vince Coakley Radio Program. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. If you'd like to join the conversation, our phone number is 704-570-1110. 
704-570-1110. A little bit later on, you want to have a good laugh. Or some of you will be completely exercised and ready to manifest. Hillary Clinton is back in the news as she had a conversation with Christian Amanpour. You will be blown away by what she had to say. Uh, Let me just tell you, and I know this is going to upset some people. Sometimes really stupid people can say some things that are true. There is an element of truth. I'm just giving you a heads up in what Hillary Clinton will have to say. Just an element of truth. It's certainly not going to be received from Hillary Clinton. I guarantee you that. But we will get to that in just a few minutes. But first, let's talk about what's happening on Capitol Hill. So on Capitol Hill, we have a changing of the guard. I told you, I think I explained to you who Patrick McHenry is. He is the interim Speaker of the House. I'm not sure I got into details about his situation. Lincoln County guy. He is the interim U.S. House Speaker until someone is chosen to succeed Kevin McCarthy, who was kicked out on Tuesday. Some have even thrown his name around. And, I, you know, with all due respect, great. He's from North Carolina. That's wonderful. But no thank you. Another, another <laughs> Republican in the nation's capital with an F Liberty score. And frankly, folks, there's just no excuse for this. None whatsoever. And it's unfortunate because some of these folks, they went to Washington, D.C. campaigning as conservatives. And in some cases, there was some sense of hope that, Wow, here's somebody who really wants to see reform and be a positive force. But ultimately, they have been sucked into the vortex of the swamp. So, there you go. A couple of interesting things going on. The Observer has a story. Republicans evict some Democrats from their Capitol offices. Here are the most desired digs. I'm not sure if it was yesterday or the day before. We told you how Nancy Pelosi was getting kicked out of her office, which is pretty amusing. And, of course, she was trying to elicit sympathy from us because she had gone out to California to participate in the going away ceremonies for the former California senator who passed away. And, you know, ultimately it was like, okay, but okay, they can have their offices this is, if this is who they are. It was a very snide remark. But with their leader ousted, House Republicans are waging office wars against Democrats, kicking two from their Capitol Hill perches. Following the unprecedented vote October 3rd to remember to remove Kevin McCarthy as House Speaker, the interim Speaker, Patrick McHenry, ordered Nancy Pelosi to vacate her office by October 4th. The room would be reassigned and rekeyed, according to an email from McHenry. This eviction is a sharp departure from tradition. Pelosi, California Representative and former House Speaker, said in a statement, As Speaker, I gave... Former Speaker Denny Hastert a significantly larger suite of offices for as long as he wished. Office space doesn't matter to me, but it seems to be important to them. (laughs) Steny Hoyer, the former Democratic Majority Leader for Maryland, was also dislodged from his digs. Pelosi and Hoyer, both former party leaders, maintained secondary hideaway offices in the Capitol building, per Axios, allowing them quick access to the House chamber. The pair's sudden displacement draws attention to the office politics in Congress. Just like many American workspaces, they're squabbling over who gets the corner office. Coveted Capitol Hill offices. The 535 members of Congress and their staff are housed in a sprawling complex in Capitol Hill. House members are assigned their offices 
based on a lottery system and seniority, while senators choose workspaces solely based on seniority. Between the House and the Senate, there are at least 10 different office buildings, but they're not created equal. That is certainly not the case. I've been to both of these buildings, the main buildings. The Rayburn House office building, built in 1955, is coveted by members because of the conveniences, the amenities, and the space. Not to mention natural light pouring through large windows and views of the Capitol. Isn't that wonderful? On the other hand, the Cannon and Longworth buildings are considered undesirable. According to Roll Call, both buildings lack easy access to the Capitol. And as of 2015, the drinking water in the Cannon building was contaminated with lead. <laughs> it's pretty crazy, isn't it? The most sought-after spaces, though, are a collection of offices, including those recently occupied by Pelosi and Hoyer, inside the Capitol building itself. These rooms, known as hideaways, secondary offices, granted to only a handful of representatives, typically those in leadership. Speaker of the House, for example, has a large suite near the House chamber. Senators, on the other hand, all have access to their own hideaway office, though some are cushier than others. So this gives you a sense of another one of the elements of Capitol Hill and how so much of this is about their comfort, their convenience, and um, those games will continue, I'm sure. Still to come, we have a major endorsement for Speaker of the House. Is this going to tip the scale in favor of this person? Also, we will find out what Joe Biden has to say about border wall funding. Happy Friday on the Vince Coakley radio program as we continue our broadcast. Still to come, we're going to have fun. Boy, this is really going to be fun to hear the manifestations when you hear from none other than Hillary Rodham Clinton and what she has to say about supporters of Donald Trump. (laughs) Ah, this is so, so rich. And you will absolutely love it. Let's first begin with a major endorsement. This endorsement comes from... Former President Donald Trump. Here's what he has to say about one of the announced candidates for Speaker of the House. By the way, there are some who would like to see Donald Trump become the Speaker of the House. You don't have to be a member of Congress to be the Speaker. It can be anybody. They can select anybody. Just a random citizen anywhere in the country. Which is why... Trump's name has been suggested. For his part, he has made a choice. The person he supports is a person he describes as strong on crime, borders, our military and vets, and Second Amendment. He, his wife, Polly, and family are outstanding. He will be a great Speaker of the House and has my complete and total endorsement. This was a post on his Truth Social app. Who is this person? None other than Jim Jordan. So, it remains to be seen whether this endorsement will actually be what tips the scales in his favor. Right now, his only opposition is Steve Scalise. Now, Steve Scalise is already in the leadership chain. If I remember correctly, I have not looked at his leadership score, looked at his liberty score lately. It's worth taking a look at now. Let's see what we have here, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to bet it's an F. I'm just saying. I'm just so, oh my gosh. How do these people face their people back in their districts over and over again? You know what the liberty score is? It's a freaking 58. 58. By the way, Jim Jordan. Let's see what he's got here. I can guarantee it's higher. That I know for sure. 
he is a genuine conservative through and through, which is honestly something that gives me cause for concern as to whether he's going to be able to get support because most of the Republican um, conference is not conservative. They're not. And frankly, many of them look with disdain on people like Jim Jordan. You know what his score is, by the way? It's a 94. A 94. To me, this speaker's race is a no-brainer. It's a no-brainer. As much as I've heard nice things about Steve Scalise, the man is a progressive. It's really that simple. So Jim Jordan, a little Jim Jordan story I'm trying to remember. Was that 2014, 15, somewhere in there? There's some sort of liberty event, annual liberty event that takes place in Kentucky every year. I went to it a couple of years in a row. Um, I learned about this from my good friend, Congressman Thomas Massey. So uh, this is in, they hold this in northern Kentucky. So I went to the event one year, and one of the keynote speakers was Jim Jordan. So that was the first opportunity I had to actually meet and talk with him. He is a really nice guy, very much down to earth. He's the kind of person that you absolutely want, not just because of his faithfulness to the Constitution. He's just literally the guy next door. That's who he is. And I'm just speaking from my own experience and uh, also from the people around him, like Thomas Massey, who uh, deal with this man face-to-face. I have a great deal of confidence in their, uh, you know, their discernment of character. So for that reason, I very much, very much am excited about the possibility. But I'm, I've got to tell you, I'm very, very cautiously um, optimistic because, again, I'm concerned because so much of the Republican conference, uh, these folks are progressives. So my expectations are certainly very much measured. So yesterday we had praise for Joe Biden for following through on border funding. And how many was it? 26 federal laws in South Texas were waived in order for border wall construction to go forward. And I was quite surprised that Joe Biden decided to do this. Now, I do think some of this is political, but he kind of shed some light on additional reasons why he he is doing this. And he's obviously not excited about it at all. This is what's called a gaggle. This is one of those times where the... Uh, Washington news media has the opportunity to ask questions of the president. He decided to take one question, and in this case, it was on the border wall. Listen up. I'll answer one question on the border wall. The border wall, the money was appropriated for the border wall. I tried to get them to reappropriate, to redirect that money. They didn't. They wouldn't. And in the meantime, there's nothing under the law other than they have to use the money for what was appropriate. I can't stop that. Do you believe the border wall works? No. Okay. So there you go. Is this guy doing this out of a conviction, out of a uh, confidence? This is the right thing to do? Of course not. He is basically saying, I'm constrained by what Congress has done in appropriating this money, so it has to be used for this purpose. So there you go. It's kind of petty. When you think about it, but nonetheless, this is who you have in the White House, Mr. Magoo, who even after this um, and in the midst of, I think, a real opportunity to at least look like you care, he comes across like he doesn't. 
which means he doesn't. <laughs> Love to get your thoughts as we continue the broadcast. Still to come. We will talk about Ron DeSantis and how he has stepped up his attacks on the former president. We also add Faith Focus Friday. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Back on the Vince Coakley radio program, still to come on the broadcast, Faith Focus Friday. We have a twofer for you, a couple of items from Steve Crosby I think you will absolutely appreciate. Right now, let's go to a call from Tony here in Charlotte. Good morning, Tony. Are you there, Tony? Going once, going twice. He must have disappeared. Uh, feel free to call back if there was some sort of technical issue which we have had some issue with our phones recently we'll try to remedy that and give you an opportunity to speak tampa bay times has an interesting story at tampa campaign stop desantis embraces new anti-trump tack you know at this point ron desantis has absolutely nothing to lose remember we told you yesterday we we're at a place where he has now fallen to third place in New Hampshire behind the former South Carolina governor, Nikki Haley. So downtown Tampa, accepting the endorsement of 60 Florida sheriffs, giving him an opportunity to hammer the parts of his stump speech on preserving law and order. He also used the event to repeatedly hammer former President Donald Trump, the front runner for the Republican nomination. DeSantis hit Trump on immigration. His conservative credentials on this issue his campaign expenditures his proclivity for controversy his 2020 election loss his inability to serve to additional terms and more this is pretty strong stuff here's just the reality if you want to know who's done more to actually implement and deliver on america first policies the person that's done more than anyone else in these united states is right here wow that's a strong statement and he said this to loud applause. The event was keeping with a major pivot DeSantis has made as he enters the crucial 100 days before the make-or-break Iowa caucuses in January as he struggled to gain some traction. He started to criticize Trump directly and sometimes fiercely. Trump broke his promises to Republican voters, DeSantis says, and has shifted leftward since he made the Republican Party in his image. In the Florida governor's telling, that leaves DeSantis as the better man to carry Trump's own ideology into the future. Of the 60 Florida sheriffs that endorsed DeSantis on Thursday, 37 of them backed Trump in 2020, including one sheriff from Pinellas. There are others here. And during a speech, DeSantis referenced Trump's pledge during the 2016 election to wall off the southern border on Mexico's dime, calling it a famous promise. It was one that went unfulfilled as Trump's administration added few new miles of border barrier and at the expense of American taxpayers. DeSantis lambasted recent comments made by Trump, who said during a stump speech that Mexico didn't pay for a border wall because there was no legal mechanism. Well, if there was no legal mechanism, you shouldn't have run off your freaking mouth. See, this is one of the things that disturbs me. <laughs> anyway, DeSantis, that was not what he said at those rallies in 2016. I was there for those rallies. It's also not true. You actually can get Mexico to pay for the wall. DeSantis has proposed imposing fees on remittances, which is the money people send back to their loved ones in other countries to generate billions needed to pay for a border barrier. Yeah, that can be done. Trump's campaign did not respond to emails requesting comment. So, what do you think? Will this 
allow him to get some traction? Or is he going to tick off the Donald Trump supporters and cause them to look in a totally different direction? That is the question. All right. Are you ready to manifest? I think some of you are ready to manifest. (laughs) Just wait until I share with you some comments from Hillary Rodham Clinton. As you know, this is a woman who is overloaded with sour grapes because she lost. She got beat by Donald Trump. And she continues to communicate a message about so-called extremism from Donald Trump and his supporters. So in this conversation with Christiane Amanpour, you will hear her talk about how many Republicans have done well working with Democrats, but there are some folks who just aren't getting it. They are still being divisive and you know maybe these folks need some extreme help in the form of deprogramming (laughs) believe it or not that's exactly what she talks about let's hear hillary clinton talk about well you saw uh the number of republicans who voted along with democrats to keep the government open so there's clearly a common sense uh you know, sane uh, part of the Republican caucus in the House. Um, but I think they are intimidated. Uh, they um, oftentimes, you know, say and do things which they know better than to say or do. And it will require us defeating those most extreme measures uh, and the people who promote them in order to try to get to some common ground where people can again work together. That's the way it used to be. I mean, we had very strong partisans in both parties in the past, uh, and we had very bitter battles over all kinds of things, gun control and climate change and the economy and taxes. But there wasn't this little tail of extremism waving, you know, wagging the dog of the uh, Republican Party as it is today. Mm-hmm. And sadly, so many of those extremists, those mega extremists, um, take their marching orders from Donald Trump, who has no credibility left by any measure. He's only in it for himself. He's now defending himself in civil actions and criminal actions. And when do they break with him? You know, because at some point, you know, maybe there needs to be a formal deprogramming of the cult members, but something (laughs) needs to happen. (laughs) So how do you do this deprogramming? How do you deal with this cult? Here's Hillary Clinton again. And how do you do that? Because you said you have to defeat them by defeating their leader. Their leader is Donald Trump. Even you have said that you expect him to be the Republican nominee. How does this change at all? At this point, I think, sadly, he will still likely be the nominee, and we have to defeat him. And we have to defeat those who are the election deniers, as we did in 2020 and 2022. Um, And we have to, you know, just be smarter about how we are trying to uh, empower the right people inside the Republican Party. You know, Nancy Pelosi had a majority of five votes when she was speaker. Kevin McCarthy had a majority of five votes. Nancy Pelosi passed consequential legislation, and she clearly had members within her caucus who, you know, ranged across a spectrum of political beliefs and ideology, and she kept everybody together, and she kept everybody focused on the future. Mm -hmm. He couldn't do that. And so he paid a price, but more importantly, the country paid a price. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. This woman is something else, isn't she? Just thought I would uh, give that to you to uh, get you all worked up. And you're free to call in and weigh in your perspective on Hillary Clinton and her cult comments. Uh, by the way, I happen to agree that this is a cult. What is What remains now, the support for Donald Trump, it's not logical. And God help us if he is the nominee. That's still where I stand. Faith Focus Friday is next. 
Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. And welcome back to the Vince Coakley Radio Program. Coming up, we'll have a little more fun with this whole border wall story. Uh, This is absolutely hilarious because, you know, I think there's a great political opportunity here for these folks. But they are so ideologically driven, they just can't help themselves. But to continue very radical positions, uh, we'll talk about that coming up and your input is welcome as well (laughs) we're gonna have real fun in fact with a headline in the new york post the new york post they are absolutely hilarious the (laughs) the headlines they come up with they uh, go right to the heart don't hold back any punches at all which is very much necessary in the atmosphere in which we live. So, Faith Focus Friday. I have a couple of items here for you. And I hope, well, there it is. Uh, sometimes my arrangements here are a little confusing. There we go. Now we have everything where it belongs. I, um,. want to share a couple of things here. This first one is from John. John posted this on social media. I don't even remember the name of the book that he read, but he was reading a book. And he came upon the following statement, which he said he found to be very encouraging. You may be dealing with great pain and loss, yet Jesus says, be of good cheer. Be of good cheer. Why? Because the new house is nearly ready for you. Moving day is coming. The dark winter is about to be magically transformed into spring. One day soon, you will be home for the first time. Home. I'm trying to digest this even as I share it with you again because... You know, it's so important. You know, a lot of times we, we're we bombarded with so many messages. And so many times we are not really digesting them. We hear, but we don't receive. You understand what I'm saying? And, so, and it's especially true. It's one of the liabilities, it, dare I say it, of familiarity with scripture because we can see things and read them over and over so many times and become numb to the message but the message again be of good cheer the other reminder is you know it's a very important balance we've got to keep here but it's very clear that those in the early church looked forward to being home and home was always with the father there was always the understanding this is not home this is a place we're passing through now again this can be abused and people can be fleeced in the process of walking this journey well we're just passing through so you don't need money so you give it to our ministry you know what I'm talking about And we can see a false message, pie in the sky, by and by. Um, That's not the gospel either. But there is a looking, looking forward to, a looking forward to the true home that Jesus is preparing for us if we are in him. That's the first item. The second comes from my... Good friend, Dr. Steve Crosby. And it's about agape love. What is agape love? What is it? 
Agape, when you take another's suffering as one's own. Exactly what Christ did in the cross and incarnation. Both of those things, not just the cross, but also the incarnation. Faith works by agape. And Steve adds, not positive confession of scripture. I think part of what Steve is touching on is so many people, they've basically turned the Bible into like this magical book that if you just say these certain magic words and you believe them, then magic happens. No, that's not biblical faith. Faith is something that works by agape. Jesus reveals the power and glory of God by embracing weakness, taking on suffering, and freely giving forgiveness. So are you moaning about not seeing the power and glory of God manifest in your meetings? It's because of your wrong definitions, wrong expectations, faulty belief systems, and you want it on the cheap. Signs and wonders with no cost to oneself, no cost to ego, because supposedly it's all grace. And that means everything is free. <laughs> Wrong. This is how occultists and New Agers do their thing, not Jesus followers. Yes, Jesus did amazing things out of his state of being as a human in union with Abba, on the same frequency, so to speak. We want to exist in our own... This is important, folks. Listen carefully. We want to exist in our own cultural and religious frequency and have Christian showtime for free. The kingdom of the Abba of Jesus doesn't work that way. Whew. It's pretty powerful stuff, isn't it? And I go back to that first line, agape, taking another's suffering as one's own. Faith works by agape. Want to see the glory of God? It probably means embracing a path of suffering. And again, it's not the kind of message you're likely going to hear on your average Christian radio broadcast or on the shelves of your average Christian bookstore. Those are not the popular books. 50 Ways to Get Things from God or Your Best Life Ever. All of these things are distractions to what God is really calling us to, which is a life of laying down our lives, laying down our lives, sacrificial love. Love to get your thoughts as we continue the broadcast. We have more on the border. Very important campaign issue for 2024. We will address this and what's going on with the administration and... A position that's being taken by someone who may run for president as an independent. We'll talk about this much more as we continue our Friday broadcast. As you know, I have ADHD and I saw this email a few minutes ago. I want to make sure I respond to it now before I forget. Scott has written in, Vince, tell us more about how we find people's liberty score. I am glad to do it. It's very easy. All you have to do is type in the person's name and put liberty score behind it. It's that simple. Very simple. Um, in case you're curious about who does this, these are the folks at Conservative Review. I'm trying to remember the kid's name who was on the show. I'm sure he is thrilled by the fact I'm calling him a kid. <laughs> Very young guy who worked diligently with others to track the actual voting records of these politicians. See, that's the key thing. It doesn't matter what these folks say, because many of these folks are campaign conservatives. They will tell you every conservative thing you want to hear. Then they'll get to Washington, and they'll vote like crap. So... What Conservative Review does, they actually track the history of voting. And it's not just one year. It's cumulative. 
So you can't clean up a mess by even one year. If you have a bad voting record, you got a bad voting record. And it's not, it's not going to be easy to cover up. So put in the person's name, type Liberty Score after it. It should be the first thing that comes up. And you'll be able to see how your member of Congress has really performed. And this puts to rest all of the nonsense and all the campaigning. I'm still getting bombarded with solicitations for campaign contributions. (laughs) For obvious reasons, I don't generally contribute to campaigns. But uh, these folks are aggressive. And even though I delete and send to junk... They somehow get around it, and I get another solicitation. Anyway, now you know how to find Liberty Scores. Please use them, and make sure, if you're a genuine conservative, don't vote for people who are not conservative in the primary. It's really that simple. Because some of these folks have proven over a period of years they are not reliable at all. So... Why give them the opportunity to betray you over and over again and for you to complain two years or, God forbid, six years if they're in the U.S. Senate? So you already heard Joe Biden pretty much saying, you know, I didn't really want to do this, but (laughs) here we go. We're going to build part of the wall. Fox News also has a story on Mayorkas backtracking on the Texas border wall hours after DHS cites an immediate need. DHS posted an announcement in the U.S. Federal Register outlining wall construction in the Rio Grande Valley sector. This is a backtrack from Biden administration statements made this week that cited the need to waive dozens of federal laws to build a border wall in South Texas. He said, I want to address today's reporting related to a border wall and be absolutely clear. There's no new administration policy with respect to border walls. From day one, this administration's made clear a border wall is not the answer. <laughs> okay, that remains our position. Our position has never wavered. The language in the Federal Register is being taken out of context. It does not signify any change in policy whatsoever. The remarks by Mayorkas, a day after DHS posted an announcement in the U.S. Federal Register that outlines construction in Star County and the Rio Grande sector, where the administration says there is high illegal entry. The agency says there have been more than 245,000 migrant encounters in the sector this fiscal year. In the Federal Register announcement, Mallorca said he's using his authority provided by Congress to waive 26 federal laws, including the Clean Air Act, Safe Drinking Water Act, and Endangered Species Act. So we already heard the explanation from this from President Joe Biden essentially saying, hey, these funds were already approved. We tried to get this redirected somehow. and We couldn't do it. So there you go. It's really funny to read the headline in the New York Post. I love the Post. It, it kind of has a tabloid feel to it. But it's really funny. And on point, I would add. <laughs> you ready for this headline? Blockhead wakes up. You thought my reference to Mr. Magoo was bad. Blockhead's even worse. This is a direct quote from Joe Biden. There will not be another foot of wall constructed by my administration. (laughs) That is too funny. Now, he's having to reverse that. He bashed Donald Trump for pledging to build it. Promised during the campaign he wouldn't support it. But President Biden's Department of Homeland Security says it's absolutely necessary to build the border wall to help fight the massive migrant crisis. Fast-tracking plans to resume building a barrier along the U.S.-Mexico border, a move the president repeatedly derided as a waste of money. Now, on Thursday, Biden tried to distance himself from the renewed border wall push by blaming Congress. The president claimed the spending had already been allocated. There was nothing he could do to stop construction. 
but Secretary of Homeland Security Alejandro Mayorkas cited an acute and immediate need to construct physical barriers. Yeah, this is pretty clear. It is acute and immediate. This was during a quiet announcement late Wednesday that 20 miles of wall would be built in the Rio Grande Valley in southeast Texas to prevent more people from entering the country illegally. So keep in mind here, you already heard that this is not a change in policy because they're holding on to their policy. No matter what, they're going to tell you this is unnecessary. But the truth of the matter is, it is necessary. You know that. And polling data indicates that this administration is all washed up on this issue. If they're wise, they should take this. Take it and turn it into a W rather than an L. I don't think they have sense enough to do it. Coming up, you will hear one proposal on how to approach the border. And it's connected to another issue filled with controversy. That much more as we continue our broadcast. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Back on the Vince Coakley radio program on this Friday... Let us go out to a call in York. Here is Ed. Good morning. Welcome to the broadcast, Ed. Thank you, Vince. You, you've got a very great subject going on. And I'm a Christian, and I believe in God. I read the Bible. And to me, the Bible is a guideline on how you're supposed to live with other people and follow the, the rules. And in fact, a lot of our laws are based on scripture. They're just common sense. Do not steal. So when there's uh, something happens to your people or my people or whoever, uh, there it should not be allowed to have riots, burn buildings down, kill people because you're, anyone's so upset about somebody being arrested or injured or whatever, you you don't you don't go around destroying society. And this is what Joe Biden is doing. He's destroying the society. Yeah, that's uh, that's for sure. We're seeing a lot of destruction that is taking place here. And uh, are you specifically concerned about this immigration issue? Absolutely. He, he is on intentionally disregarding all the little... All, he should be indicted, but he won't be. And the immigration thing, uh, I talk, I was in a business the other day, and they said if they can get all illegal immigrants to work for them, they will fire all their employees they have now, all American citizens. Yeah, it would, wouldn't Which surprise were, me at they all. They were all black. It would not Pardon? surprise me at all. And, and the sad thing is we've got people who are very much uh, naive on this subject, thinking that somehow this is not going to have any impact, and it very much does have an impact on um, keeping down wages and also putting at risk American jobs. There's a very interesting position. I'm not embracing this, but it's it's an idea. Joe Manchin, as you know, is kind of a renegade member of the U.S. Senate, and he may be an endangered species next year in West Virginia if he has a candidate who is thought to be the person who may run against him. Here's the idea reported by Breitbart. Biden must declare border emergency like Trump, suspend asylum, and must handle the border to get Ukraine funds. That's a pretty interesting deal. 
So he's basically saying, you want money for Ukraine? Secure the border. Hmm. Here's what he said. In order to convince people to support Ukraine funding, Democrats have to come to grips. We have to close that border down. Pretty strong language. He urged President Joe Biden to declare a national emergency the way former President Trump did and shut it down tight. Manchin also stated asylum basically should be put on hiatus for six months or so until we can get an immigration policy that works for our country and also gives people the chance to come here the right way to take care of themselves and their families. Manchin adding, we're going to support Ukraine, I can tell you. There's overwhelming support within Democrats and Republicans in the Senate. And I know the same feeling is in the House. What happens, though, we're, they're scared to come out against that because they're seeing some pressure from the top leader, whether it's Trump or whoever that's thinking, well, that's not the right thing, that we should be taking care of ourselves. So let me say this. Democrats have to come to grips. We have to close the border down, have border security. I implore the president and the administration to call a national emergency at the border. We have a crisis. And this asylum basically should be put on hiatus for six months or so until we can get an immigration policy that works for our country and also gives people the chance to come here the right way. But you've got to recognize that. You can't just say, well, we're blind to that and this is everything but... Ukraine is pay me now or pay me later. It's the best investment we can make to get world peace. You know, I think it's really interesting because I think we shared this on the broadcast some weeks ago. I'm not sure. Oh, I think I just mentioned it in passing. I was trying to remember a story, and there's not an actual story that I had. But I was mentioning that... I think it was a member of Congress who was basically saying that we are getting a whole lot of value from degrading the military of the Russians without even going to war ourselves. This is the beautiful thing about the Ukraine conflict, and this is not to take a position in support of Ukraine or anything like but it's just saying the reality is the longer this goes on, this is degrading Russia's military and we are doing this at really a fraction of the cost of what we would encounter if we were involved in a direct war I think this is a plausible argument to make and it's worthy of discussion and that's really my main position in all of this that we should not be simply throwing money at Ukraine without first having a serious conversation about it. And secondly, we need to be sure we know where this money is going. This is one of the problems that we're experiencing right now. Is there some question about the level of corruption in Ukraine? Hey, we ought to know that by now based on previous situations involving this president and his son. So, Let's have that conversation. What do you think? As we continue our Friday broadcast, the Vince Coakley Radio Program, 704-570-1110 is our number, 704-570-1110. I should mention as well, if you'd like to follow the host, it's at Vince Coakley on X, at Vince Coakley. Also look for the Vince Coakley page on Facebook. Just look for the profile with me behind the microphone. Back on the Vince Coakley radio program and a predictable reaction to something that we shared with you earlier. John wrote in to say, I stopped listening for a while. I turned your show back on today only to learn that I am now a cult member because I support President Trump. So Hillary and you now have some strong agreement insulting your constituents is not a very admirable trait history shows us she ended up losing i might still check in from time to time to see if anyone else is filling in from 10 to 12 well good i hope you enjoy that 
And I stand by what I said earlier. I do believe that there is essentially a spell this man has over people. I I really don't know a better way to say that. I don't. Because logically, when you go through and you think through this man, his broken promises, his horrible character, there's really no logical reason to continue this. But what he's done, he's been very, very effective at gaslighting and causing you to believe, well, it's me or it's the liberals. It's me or it's the deep state. It's me or, you know, and it's simply not true. And one of the sad things about it is this man had a chance. If he went in like gangbusters and he blew up the deep state and demanded things out of the Republican House and the Republican Senate and made them send legislation to him to dismantle the deep state, I would be all over this. But a man who continues to be all about himself, this country cannot afford it. And I'll just repeat what I've said before. I'm concerned about electability, but I'm also concerned if he wins, because I think a win will be a loss. And the loss will be in the form of lost time and lost opportunity with a man who will be preoccupied with himself for another four years. Another distraction from what we need to get done in the next presidential term. That's my concern. It hasn't changed. And the logic to continue this nonsense, this madness, frankly, it just isn't there. It's not there. And I know this is offensive to a lot of people. But the truth of the matter is, there's no logical basis. There really isn't. If you'd like to disagree with the host, feel free to call in, write in, whatever you'd like to do. And we'll be glad to give you an opportunity to disagree with the host. Time for us now to take a look at the day in history. Bernie, how are you doing today? I'm great, Vince. It's Friday. Hope you're doing well, man. Not bad at all. We have a total of six items here beginning in 1847. Uh, Charlotte Bronte's Jane Eyre is published. 1866, the Reno brothers executed the first crime of this type in the U.S., and it started a brand new crime wave. Is it a bank heist? <laughs> Not a bank. It's a train robbery. Oh, train robbery. Okay. How's that for a clever thing to do? There you go. It was something new. 1926, this baseball player hit three homers against the St. Louis Cardinals in a single World Series game. One of the most famous baseball players of all time. What year 1926 was, was the year. Oh, okay. Is it Babe Ruth? Babe Ruth is right. absolutely correct. 1927, the first talkie, the jazz singer debuted. Here's one for you. Think about the year. This president encouraged Americans to build bomb shelters. 1961 was the year. Who was in office in 61? Um... Think of 61, and I'll give you a hint. He was only in office until 63. Oh, uh, it's not Truman, is it? <laughs> no, it's not. I don't know, Vince. What Your you got hint for me? is Kennedy, Kennedy assassination, okay. 63. That's President Kennedy wow. who encouraged people to build bomb shelters. Gotcha. Boy, that was a very scary time when a lot of people had a, had a, gen, a real concern about the possibility of of nuclear warfare yeah it was not a pretty sight at all in the nope. 1981 we have anwar sadat assassinated hosni mubarak ended up replacing him and as you know he was taken out in the arab spring you know which country these guys are from anwar sadat who also had a deal with begin for uh, peace between these two countries israel and the other uh, country. Palestine? And 
This is actually Egypt. Egypt, okay. Egypt. Okay. Uh, you're too young for this. Yep. But the assassination, my goodness, I remember seeing that video. That was really horrendous. There was a video? Yes. Oh, my Look goodness. online. You'll find the video of what happened there. It was just, it was really shocking. There was basically a military parade, and uh, these folks stepped out of the military parade and shot right into the stands. Oh, my goodness. And killed the president, and in addition, injured a number of other people. Uh, it was, I remember that day so vividly. Mm. As we close the broadcast today, we go to the completely and absolutely bizarre you just never know if you're working at the airport <laughs> in security what you're going to come across. Customs agents seized and destroyed this at a Minnesota airport after a woman brought this to the U.S. from Kenya. Do you know what it is, Bernie? Mm. Giraffe poop. <laughs> yes. The woman was <laughs> the woman was selected for inspection by agricultural specialists from the customs agency. She, she told them she was in possession of giraffe feces. She planned to use the giraffe excrement to make a necklace. The woman told officials <laughs> she'd used moose droppings to make jewelry in the past. All the giraffe poop was destroyed by stream sterilization in accordance with the U.S. Department of Agriculture Destruction Protocol. Um, the uh, official said this is a real danger with bringing fecal matter into the U.S. Yes. So uh, <laughs> there you go. You can transmit diseases, and this is one less necklace that we will have made out of feces in the United States of America. How is that in the broadcast? That's fantastic. Yeah. And a happy weekend to you, Vince. Yes, same to you, Bernie. <laughs> Thanks very much for joining us. Have yourselves a great weekend, and God bless you. Adios.